That's prevalent all throughout the New Testament. And the text that, that helps me kind of remember that I'm at war is, is a Psalm of David, Psalm 144. And, of course, he was actually, like, literally called to war, um, which we, unless you're in the armed services or not. Um, but he, he writes this. He says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, and it should be here, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer and my shield. And he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. That has just been like a, like a kind of to remind me as a, as a pastor and as a Christian, like we are at war. And that God himself trained David for battle. War. Now, it has to be translated for us, right? Because we're not David, we're not with Goliath, and we're not facing the Philistines. How is it that we are at war? Let me just say that there is a, the conflict is an inner one, it's a, it's a relational one, and of course it's a spiritual one. On an inner level, um, we fight, we have to fight, we have to be at war, a battle against the sinful impulses of the heart. That is, there, there's, a, there's a new heart in you if you're a Christian, but, uh, but that sin still indwells you that still tempts you to lust and be greedy and to gossip and all of those things. And that's something that we have to actively engage in battle with every day. And that's something, just a little from my background, is that's something that I don't think I was very well trained to do as a student. Uh, the tendency was to focus the battle on the actions. It's like you can listen to Amy Grant but not ACDC. That's great. I'm in the battle. I'm listening to Amy Grant, not ACDC. It's like, but wait a second. You know, I didn't ever know how to battle in my heart. I can remember there was a, there was a student who was two years younger than me, and when you're a senior, you don't like to feel like you're superior. But in this case, the guy, his name was Brian, still remember my feelings and how I thought about him today like it was yesterday. He was younger than me. He was a 4.0 student. Okay, that's fine. And he was a quarterback of the football team. And he was tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> now listen, I can handle the guy who's super smart, but not good looking. <laughs> right? The guy who's the quarterback, but not that smart. Like this guy had the full package, and all the ladies and guys loved and worshipped him, and I despised him. I really did. I despised this guy. I think every other guy in high school secretly despised and hated him. Now, you laugh because it's true. But where is the battle in the heart that says, listen, Dan, what you're feeling and what you're thinking about this person who's better than you're thinking in terms of or feeling what they call envy. And to take my stand and say, I am not going to live that way in my heart. See that, that, that the piece of, we've got to teach our kids, our students, how to wage war at the heart level. Because our culture is telling them, listen, if you really desire it, and it doesn't hurt anybody, and it doesn't break the law, go ahead and do it. And the follower of Christ has to say, wait, I'm not living by culture, and I'm not living by my sinful tendencies, or predispositions, I am living by the word of Scripture and the gospel, and I am at wage, I am at war with my other self. You see? 
That's important. I think it's really important. Not just on a, a personal level, but on a relational level. It is hard to love people, at least in the way that's defined by the scripture. Battling b- b- uh, bitterness and battling to forgive. Battling against that need to vent and gossip. It's, all of those things are social ills, are relational ills that we have to battle against. It's not easy, especially when you're angry or upset. And, and, and to, to train students, it's like, listen, you've got you to gotta, you gotta, you gotta fight for your relationships, especially the relationship with marriage. Right? That's a social relationship, one that God has ordained, one that is supposed to be a micro, like, cosm of God's love for the church. So it has a huge capacity to honor and glorify God if it's committed to. And, by the way, if you've failed in this area, my point is not to compound guilt but just to say that Christians, if they're going to fight according to truth and grace and fight for love, it means we have to fight for the long haul. And you know, again, something I, I don't think I was adequately trained for. Like my mom and dad had what we thought, me and my two sisters thought, was the perfect marriage. They never argued in front of us. And that's a good thing. you probably wise not to argue in front of your children. But in addition to that, my parents never told us that they never struggled at all. Right? Um, and it was just part of their generation. I don't blame them for that. They just kept all that quiet as if everything was fine. So me and my sisters grew up in a context where it feels like marriage is about the carpenters. You know? It's just like close to you and, you know, we've only just begun to live. Right? I'm serious. And it's just white lace and promises. And, and it, because that's what my mom and dad modeled and never knew they struggled. And so both of my sisters and me, we get married and realize you hit some rough patches and like, man, something's wrong with me and something's wrong with my marriage. And it's like, I have an amazing wife, an amazing marriage, but you hit those tough passages and, and you, you just didn't feel like, hey, I just wasn't prepared that, you know, sometimes this is a fight, not against your spouse, but for your marriage. And, you know, later I found out from my mom just recently we struggled too. And I'm like, you could, could have told us that. Because <laughs> now you're almost 60 years just to know you made it 60 years and you did struggle, but you persevered. You fought for your marriage. Just, again, teaching our kids to fight for truth and love and, and what it is in, in our relationships. And then, of course, there's the spiritual battle, right? Those names that I, I listed, those people are pastors and missionaries and servants of Christ because the gospel came in powerfully and changed their lives, and translated them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And, and that's, that's the great, you know, that's why we exist, right? To love, live, and declare the, the gospel that is the supremacy of Jesus, because when we do, when we're living it, and we're loving it, and we're speaking it, people get changed. Eternities change. Like, people become children of God, and it's powerful. And I'll tell you what, the enemy doesn't like that. And so, you know, just to just have students, and this would be true of our, all of us as parents too, students who know how to battle the internal, students who know how to battle for the sake of relationships according to truth and love, and students that are passionate about and uncompromising and unashamed of declaring who Christ is and watching darkness overtaken by light. That, now, if, if that, if that, that should be part of our goal. That's part of the serious nature of, of youth student ministry. And you know what? Um, just so you're not, this isn't, like, right after this, right after he's like, 
who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He reminds us that the, that the battle at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day and pretty much all day is God's. He, the Lord, is my steadfast love. That's the first thing in the list, and I think it's the source of all the rest. It is God's love. It's because of God's love that he is our fortress. It's because of God's love that he's our stronghold. It's because of God's love that he's our, our shield and deliverer, and he's the one who subdues people under us. And subdue, in a Christian sense, is bring people into the freedom of the sons of God. That, that's, he's saying, this, this, is, this is the fight. I, I know that God loves me with a steadfast covenantal love, and I'm secure in that love, and I walk in that love. And unfortunately, we tend to think of love in emotional categories, like God feels love towards me. And I want to say he does feel joy towards those who are in Christ Jesus, who have been granted righteousness. But listen, his love is a powerful love that is a shield and a fortress. It will guard you until your purpose is done. You walk in the firmness and the, and the security of knowing God loves me. And as I go into battle, he is going to be everything that I need. That's, that's the gospel. That's, that is Christ has performed everything necessary for me. And to have students graduate Senior year, knowing that I am secure, and I am rooted, and I am grounded in the love of God. That is the heart behind it. That foundation is, is a relationship with God. A deep, not just a cerebral one, but a, a heart relationship with God that is the ground of their going off to battle. So they're going to leave. My daughter's leaving. We can one day, like, oh, my, you ready for battle, sweetie? I, no, okay. <laughs> I just totally embarrassed her and showed that I didn't prepare her adequately for battle. But. And my, my, my prayer really is, is, is that, and I hope you're praying for our youth, and I hope you'll pray with us for a, a, a leader of youth. But prayer is that, maybe 20 years, there'll be another list of names. And that they will be the ones who are the pillars of this church and the future pastors and missionaries, elders and deacons. That's how important this ministry is to this church. And so I just ask you to continually pray for it and lift it up. And um, if you're called staff, man, get ready to do some training for battle so our kids know how to engage in life and don't get overwhelmed by the darkness. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I do pray for our youth now and just ask um, for, for you to bring someone our way who is, and maybe he's already in our midst, who will lead the charge, who will see the importance of what we do now for the future. And we just commit them to you. We can commit the baptisms that are to follow to you and just ask that you would um, grant us a spirit of celebration and um, gladness today in Christ's name. Amen.